you do have a parental warning on this podcast. Oh, it's right? explicit. It's, yeah. it's explicit. Okay. Fucking A. Parental warning. Jesus, I am so from the 80s. <laughs> Nancy but. Reagan doesn't want you... To, Tipper Gore doesn't want you to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead. Speaking of tape heads, this is Boo Ha Ha, a weekly podcast that is ostensibly about ghosts, but increasingly is an American history podcast about obscure dead presidents. Every week, I gather my nearest and dearest to the campfire that I build in my living room and regale them with stories of spooks, boogins, and goo-gahs. This week, my guest is the fantastic and hilarious Michael Garcia. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks. I'm just warming my hands to your fire. It's, uh, we're burning vinyl records. <laughs> 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 warming my hands to your fire and uh killing my brain cells to your fumes mm, huff it mm, can't you you can smell the joplin well you know as long as we're talking about ghosts have i ever told you my huff story that ends in a ghost <laughs> <laughs> god go on <laughs> yeah back when i was in uh high school uh, my group of friends, um, we, we had all just started getting into doing drugs and partying. We're, we're probably 15 to 16 years old, very new to the game. And uh, we had this little like offshoot circle of nerd kids that we were kind of letting into the circle. And we wouldn't again. I feel like a dick. <laughs> I don't I, I kind of don't want to. I mean, the kid who died. <laughs> Just look, let's get right to the meat yeah, and the, potatoes. The meat and potatoes. The, the Scotch Garden rag of the story is a couple of kids walked down an alleyway at my school when, it, when I was a sophomore. And in an attempt to get high, they literally huffed Scotch Guard off of rags. Oh, no. And so one of them you know, had, in essence, uh, waterproofed his lungs. <sighs> He died on on the spot, and uh, you know the next day we had news channels there, and this was the '80s, so there was absolutely no counselors available to anybody. Just a couple of stern people saying, "Well, this is why you should just say no." And I agree, <laughs> just say no to Scotchgard. So there, okay, there are so many things to huff. You're at a school. Like, go go over the to the arts and crafts area and find something with a solvent in it. You know, the only thing I've ever huffed, <laughs> as, as mostly a non-huffer, is I did huff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun hard line to draw. Look, I don't huff often. <laughs> but when I do. I only huff whiteout. <laughs> you know it's safe. You're only getting fumes. There's no way that whiteout is going to atomize and end up in your lungs. But what if you have black lung and you really need to white it out? I mean, I feel like the Scotch Guard would keep the stains from setting. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that was our Auburn, California ghost story for the day. I love the idea that just the coroner writing the autopsy report, boy, those lungs are stainless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. As with every week, I have collected ghost stories, and you've you've successfully jumped the gun and the shark with that one. <laughs> so... I collect ghost stories from from the guests' hometown and environs. We get a little bit loosey-goosey, depending. Uh, what is your hometown? I am originally from uh, Auburn, California, which is a 
small suburb of Sacramento now, but when I was a child, um, the things hadn't really spread yet, and we were just basically a uh, gold country village. You know, we, we were located about 20 miles from uh, Coloma, where the original gold strike of California was. Mm -hmm. And then I spent my whole life growing up, living up and down I-80, which is basically Northern California gold country. Okay, cool. So, yeah, we I looked for a couple things that were closer to Auburn. I found a few. We've had to go further afield for some. Before we get into those, could you tell me a little bit about your relationship with the supernatural? Well, uh, I would say my connection with the supernatural now is substantially and almost um, only through uh, horror films. <laughs> I, I uh, am very, very much an atheist. I don't believe in any supernatural. I mean, I, I'm not even what you'd think of as a soft atheist or agnostic. I, I'm pretty hard line. I don't believe anything's going on. Dead, um, dead in the ground. Dead, dead in the ground. Anything we think we're perceiving, I think, is just uh, biochemical uh, mistakes, in essence. Um, sure. But I guess I could be wrong. But based on my observations, I'm not. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp where, and I mean, this is probably a recap for, for our true believers. Yeah, I died in the wool atheist. I do like the idea of, like, science ghost. The idea that ghosts could be something to do with the way the universe works or doesn't work or glitches. Yeah, may maybe a time loop that you're just seeing through something of that nature. Yeah, it, I, I, I love the idea that the universe is such like a complex mechanism that at some point there might be a glitch. Something might repeat. You might see something that was there before. Yeah, and I should say that. I desperately hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Unless I end up in hell, then I'm just, I'm going to be, fuck, really? This exists and I'm here? That's <laughs> how I feel every time I go to a Fred Meyer <laughs> grocery store. The, the hopeful skeptic pops up pretty often. Um, well, cool. Then I think without, without further ado, we can start getting into the meat, the spooky ectoplasmic meat <laughs> the, the viscera of the podcast so the things that i've pulled together i'm just going to give you a couple options here i have the history of the auburn house which i believe you have a special connection with i do uh when i was a child it wasn't called the auburn house at that time it was referred to as the white house but in this era no one wants to call their house the white house anymore <laughs> um, not even the president <laughs> Uh, but I uh, uh, I lived there when I was like from the age of three to four or five. Oh, cool. And I've actually got some ghost stories of my mom's Ooh. from when we lived there. Nice. Well, we'll get into those in the in the third act. So we have the Auburn House. We also have the Undertakers of Commercial Street, Old Town Auburn's Haunted History. Oh, damn. I'm very excited about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know that story, but I drank in Old Town Auburn regularly. No, oh, perfect. And the third one, this is a little bit further afield, but I felt that it needed to be included just because I like to have something to change it up from ghost occasionally. The third one is the Water Babies of Pyramid Lake. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, where, where do you start with that? <laughs> you know, I, I, I've not been, but I've seen photographs, and that seems totally on point for what Pyramid Lake is. Uh, any of them stand out to you initially? 
Well, we, we just were talking about how uh, I used to drink regularly in um, Old Auburn. So why don't we uh, go ahead and start in the gutters of that part of the town and take it from there? Sounds perfect. I like the idea of starting from the gutter and seeing where we get to from there. It'll probably be worse. Yeah, Auburn has a lot of tunnels, so I think we're going down, not up. <laughs> I did find there was one it was the lizard people i'm like oh fuck yes whoa what but it turned out to be from southern california oh. of course they're in la turn over a rock in la you'll find a whole community i used to be an american apparel model <laughs> <laughs> oh the undertakers of commercial street old town auburn's haunted huh. history was cut off in the title apparently Take a walk through Old Town Auburn and you'll find a flurry of activity. Fall leaves are exploding into vibrant colors and slowly drifting streetside. The sound of laughter and conversation rings out the doors of local eateries. Local shops, boutiques, and galleries welcome guests through their doors, and visitors pause and snap pictures of the Gold Rush Era post office and fire station. There is an old fire station. It's on posters. You'd want, I mean, you'd want to let people know that it's not a fire hazard. I really like the idea of exploding leaves. <laughs> Tourists duck and dodge, diving into local establishments to avoid the... Oh, the fall splendor. I'm down! Well, that's why they call it fall. <laughs> Today, Commercial Street in Old Town Auburn is home to a variety of businesses. Jush Modern beckons passersby with modern fashions and clothing, home and lifestyle offerings. And can, can I pause you real quickly? Can you tell me what year this was written? This is, let's see, it's uh, da, 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 October 2018. Okay, I'm not going to know any businesses down there. <laughs> that, that, that. When, I, when you couldn't pronounce the name, I was like, wait a <laughs> second. That, these, these are places like La Mexicana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cafe Delicious. That was the Mex my favorite Mexican restaurant in Old Auburn. <laughs> They didn't even go like Deliciosa or like they nope. didn't. Cafe Delicious. Everybody calls it Cafe D's. Fair enough. It sounds like Auburn has come come a long way. Um, uh, next door, Porch Swing Picking sells the wares of multiple vendors and a handmade and vintage boutique. Yeah, this sounds like every old town that I've ever been to. Yeah. Just full of fucking antiques now. But Commercial Street once welcomed a much quieter type of clientele. The 11th block of Commercial Street operated as an undertaking and embalming operation. In 1875, V.V. Mann began operating two businesses, an undertaker's service and a furniture store. He corresponded with H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> so he opened an undertaker's service and a furniture store. His specialty? Coffins. Coffins. <laughs> the generosity of referring to coffins as furniture. It is the piece of furniture you're going to own the longest <laughs> in your existence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if you're getting the coffin well in advance and just using it as a coffee table. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, I store blankets inside of there. <laughs> and the kids when they piss me off. Oh, the coffin's full of mothballs. <laughs> well, I was hoping to save on embalming fluid later. <laughs> Uh, we mothballed grandma. She's in the attic. <laughs> that happened in uh, that happened in San Francisco a while back. Like a, a prominent drag queen died, and they were cleaning out their home, and they found an old trunk in the back of a closet, and there was a body 
that had been mummified by wrapping it in like naga hide and fake leather. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. Uh, listen to a future episode, <laughs> guys. Yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm just because you know they were a drag queen, so it's not going to be subtle naga hide. It's all going to be elaborate leathers surrounding a mummified twink. <laughs> With a wig made of pure plastic that is never going to degrade. It's going to outlast the goddamn mummy and the coffin. Ooh, a platinum blonde. In 1890, the undertaking and furniture-making business changed hands to J.C. Crowell and John Safford. Crowell was in charge of undertaking while Safford took over the furniture-making. They eventually relocated their furniture-making business out of Old Town Auburn, but before that they left a decades-long legacy of preparing the deceased to go to their final resting place on Commercial Street. I hope that that's not where they were burying them. No, uh, actually, the Old Auburn uh, Cemetery is uh, probably about a 10-minute drive from Old Auburn, maybe a half-hour walk. Uh, So just a a short little horse-drawn carriage ride away. Sure, that's, what, 15 minutes on a mule? (laughs) Sounds fair. Well, if it's in the mood. (laughs) For many business owners, setting up shop in the Old Undertaker's building may give one pause. But Brittany Hendricks at Crimson Tattoo has fully embraced the building's past. Uh, of, of course, course she has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It, it is all coffins all the time inside that establishment. Well, funny you say, a vibrant blood red coffin is nestled in front of a sofa in the tattoo shop's waiting area <laughs> as a coffee table. Yeah. I was fucking all right. right. <laughs> oh, I feel like we're winning <clears throat> prizes souls right that's what we win on this show this is a contest <laughs> no you you forfeited your soul when you decided to be on the podcast <laughs> that's sorry buddy oh ask Hendricks about her shop's history and she'll gladly describe the details of the operation horse-drawn carriages would pull up to the alley in the back and they'd bring the bodies into the basement that's where they do the embalming and she'll be glad to tell you about the shop ghost too everyone has a feeling about him Hendricks says about her resident spirit we get a good vibe we don't get a scary, quote, ghosty vibe. <laughs> He's friendly. Sometimes he leaves dead birds on our step. You know, actually, it's a cat. We thought we had a ghost. It's just a cat. Ah. <laughs> uh, she says, we had a medium come in one time who described our ghost for us. He's wearing one of those circle bullhorn hats and smokes a cigar. The medium or the ghost? <laughs> I hope both. <laughs> oh, the ghost. He's, he's dressed a lot like me, actually. I'm not a hack. <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's a mirror. I was looking at a mirror. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the medium is also a dog. <laughs> There's another medium in that mirror. And that's why he thought the cat was a ghost. It's a black cat. Sneaks around in the shadows. <laughs> the medium told Hendrix that the spirit is happy to have them there and likes having them around. Hendrix and company have seen traces of their spirit around, but have never caught him on camera. But Hendrix did see another apparition on film next door when the neighboring wine bar was still open. There's a wine bar in this ghost town. This is Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they had set up a camera and one evening caught a wisp of white passing over a banister. They showed Hendrix the apparition the next day. I like to think it's just the grocery bag from American Beauty flying by. <laughs> it was a blustery evening at the old Which wine in bar. Which technically was a ghost. It was the ghost of Kevin Spacey in that movie. <laughs> you thought I was going to survive, didn't you? <laughs> no, I'm molesting children in the afterlife now. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, allegedly. You know, the neighbor actually had a pretty good idea what really was going on with Kevin Spacey in that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It oh. was prescient. He, oh. That guy should have been the medium going in there telling him about their ghost. What's his name? Chris Cooper? That's I that think, actor, I believe. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Old, old Nazi Cooper. Not in real life, in the movie. Yeah. 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 He's got a pus pus. He just always looks pissy. Oh. <laughs> I said pus, not puss. I thought you meant he had like a cyst or something. <laughs> <laughs> he just always looks like, Ugh. Yeah, he was, Ugh. he's a grumpy man. Yeah. Um, I understand. Once you hit 40, everybody feels like that. You're 40. Your your son is selling weed to an old pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Keaton's next door screaming in a closet. It's a whole thing. Scott Bakula is your gay neighbor. Oh, my God. That's yeah. right. I'd forgotten about that. Uh, I yeah. hate that movie. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. And we don't need to get into yeah. that. Uh, yep, this isn't a movie podcast. <laughs> no matter how hard I try to circle it back to this that. is an American history podcast. I thought um, this was a ghost podcast. Sure, let's All go right. with that. Now we get into the the wonderful cop out of the article. Are there more ghosts haunting the businesses on Commercial Street in Old Town Auburn? That's for you to discover. Come on down to Old Town Auburn and take a walk around the historic district. Oh my god, this is all a commercial? Keep an eye out for otherworldly visitors and ask shop owners if they've seen any ghosts. And if you really want to get a taste of the historic hauntings of Commercial Street, be sure to pop into Crimson Tattoo and see some of the artifacts and hear the stories for yourself. Oh, and I'm a little disappointed <clears throat> now. So, in keeping with, with the, the rich history of Boohaha, most ghost stories are bad. Yeah, and most ghost stories are made up like this one. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, uh, in in Old Auburn, and in fact, the other story we're going to touch on, that White House story you had mentioned, that is just on the edge of Old Auburn. It's part of, of, uh, of the same region, which makes sense. I mean, all ghost stories tend to throw back about 100 years. People don't have really great ghost stories about the condominiums they've lived in. You have to go back to homes with history, and, and that's all going to be the same region of that town. But uh, I, I'm really disappointed they didn't get into any of the uh, old mines or anything that's in the area. There, there's actually, and this is just a fun diversion tunnel for the river, it goes right under the freeway from there and goes to an old, old town that I think had a mill in it called Ofer. Okay. And it's like a two-mile tunnel Ooh. that goes from Old Town Auburn for water diversion. So you, you can only walk through it in like the late summer because you don't want water to come and drown your ass. <sighs> yeah, I was always scared when I went down there. Understandably. But back then, you, you know, this was the 80s when I, when I was kicking around in the region and... Uh, when you got caught smoking weed, it was a big deal. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you got caught drinking, the cops just made you pour it out. But if you had weed, you were going to the local police station. They're calling your parents. And so you had to find good hidden places to do your drugs and, it, you know, to huff your scotch guard. And that uh, tunnel was one of the best places to do it. And uh, the fact that they're talking about old Auburn, I, mean, I guess there's no ghosts down there. <clears throat> But there's ghosts of, of, of old party stories yeah. because everyone's painted the entire tunnel. I, the first time I went down there, we got about a half mile in and someone had painted a giant Robert Smith on the wall, like body and hair and everything. And I had giant Robert Smith hair at the time. And my friends are like, oh, you were already here. I'm home. 
<laughs> this is this is the interesting thing that I found in doing research for this podcast. There aren't a lot of ghost stories associated with the things you would think would have ghost stories associated with them. And all of these like old mining towns and stuff, it's all so nonspecific. Yeah, and, and there's real fun history in some of these places. Auburn has a fun, famous shootout in its history. Uh, Rattlesnake Dick got in a shootout with the sheriff and got killed. He got shot down and crawled for two miles before he died. And if you go around Auburn, there's little plaques that tell you, this is where Rattlesnake Dick got shot. And you really want it to say, in the Rattlesnake Dick. But you go like two miles up the road and there's a little plaque. This is where he crawled and died. So it's like the Stations of the Cross. (laughs) (laughs) And people used to go out to his graveside and they'd do charcoal uh, prints or whatever you call that. Yeah, rubbings. Yeah, rubbings. Yeah, they like to rub their uh, Rattlesnake Dick. And uh, they even changed up his headstone, because uh, and now there's a modern shitty granite one oh, that's pretty lame. Boo. But they put a little history on there. But how there isn't some at least made-up ghost story about Rattlesnake Dick that it evolved, I, I don't know. You would think. Uh, It'd be a lot better than that plastic bag ghost from the tattoo shop. Did they at least keep the granite marker that said, this is where Rattlesnake Dick died for your sins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there is no ghost story um, associated with Rattlesnake Dick, though there fucking should just make them up. I'm right? going to write my own Rattlesnake Dick ghost story so the next podcast doesn't have this problem. Fucking do it. This Next time we have you on, I'll expect a spec script <laughs> of Rattlesnake Dick. Oh, my God. Now I'm going to have to get into the fucking science of death. This is your <laughs> fault. <laughs> Flatliners 2, Rattlesnake Dick. <laughs> Rattlesnake Dick. Dick to the dickening. (laughs) (laughs) To rattle to dick. (laughs) Um, uh, All right. Well, okay. I think we can safely call that one a mulligan. Um, Sure. If you you, want to give it, if you want to be that nice to it, sure. We could we can say that we both very effectively stepped on our rattlesnake dicks. Uh, uh, so that being the case, do you want to just do um, the Auburn House and then? I'm not sure what you're asking. Yeah. Well, uh, these people are gonna know this wasn't that good of okay. a, a ghost story, so let's talk. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I okay, mean, I, I suspect this is the way all ghost stories are. I mean, I did the show with Emily. It's pretty much like I've, I've, there's a lot of not great ghost stories. And I feel like the thing that this will be kind of. any good ghost story? I mean, h- how many good ones have you come across yet? They're all in the East. Yeah. Like, you need more history. Yeah. The ones that have been the most interesting have been like legends and myths or just where there's enough history to kind of like talk about like we did the Donner party with Dave and that was See, I could have done Donner party. I've lived in Donner Lake. Oh, see, well and at some point in the future we can do Donner party. I just don't want to do like Donner yeah. party two episodes Donner party. Yeah. Well, um, we should just be on the same one cuz we know all the same places. Yeah. But yeah, and then like I did one with Molly Smithson where like it was all like North Carolina folk tales like the the guy whose wife was a witch and turned into a cat. Like, great, fucking great. And then just over here, there's fucking nothing. Um, yeah, like, I think I told you how when I saw um, Legend of Boggy Creek when I was a kid, I thought it was a documentary about a monster that lived in California. Yeah. 
none of which the story doesn't take place there or anything, but I was sure it was something that lived in the woods behind my house. <clears throat> which is what you want. You want a ghost story that you can just like lay over your life like a Winamp skin. Yeah, they're <laughs> nice. Yeah, 1999 all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have it. I can't think of a single myth or let. I mean, other than Bigfoot, which is much more of a P and W thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't know of any that I can think of in my region. It's weird. There's and except for space babies from Pyramid Lake or whatever the fuck. That seems to be the one that I found, and it's like a lot oh, of Lake Tahoe has Tessie. How have we not talked about the Tessie monster? And I've got stories behind that. Okay, then here's what we're going to do. Uh, you you mentioned that you also lived in Lake Tahoe for a while. Yeah, I uh, spent 20 years in Tahoe. Um, I raised my son there and, in fact, only moved away from there about five, six years ago. I'm going to say that counts as a hometown then. I'll take it. In which case? It's my son's hometown. This counts. Yeah. It's hometown by proxy. Uh, that being the case, how do you feel about the eerie tale of Tessie? <laughs> Parentheses, the Lake Tahoe monster. Yeah, Tessie, not Nessie. Um, <laughs> my good friend uh, Casey McCormick used to actually dress up in a Tessie costume and have to wave at tourists as they drove by in front of his father's Tahoe Tessie Museum. <laughs> so, <laughs> not exactly spooky, but I do have some background on that guy. I can't even, like, the Loch Ness Museum in Scotland is a, as far as, like, ghosty stuff, spooky stuff goes, a real bust. I can't imagine how unspeakably bleak the Tessie Museum must be. You know, it was the town's only video game arcade also, so <laughs> it was pretty badass, to be honest. <laughs> okay, well, this is a cottage industry. And what one time, and this was before I even knew Casey, I only got to meet him a couple of years later after he was done being a costumed teen. I was uh, driving by with my buddy Joe Lee, and I'm just assuming Casey was in the costume, and uh, Joe Lee's a, a very nice, kindly older gentleman. He used to date my mom years ago. And entirely out of character, as we drive by Tessie, he flips the poor costumed kid off. And Tessie looks left and right and looks back at us and flips us off. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got a personal connection insofar as you were flipped off by a lake monster. <laughs> I think that'd just be a perfect T-shirt for Tahoe. <laughs> Tessie flipped me off. <laughs> just a big grinning dinosaur with a big grinning bird flying right back at you. Oh, all right. Well, then it sounds like this is a win. Uh, okay, yeah, you hit me. According to local legend, the 900-foot deep waters off South Shore served as a dumping place for mob victims of the 20s and the 50s. That is a legend that I am familiar with. Hundreds of gangsters' corpses are suspended in the depths, they say, preserved from decay and prevented from gas-bloated surfacing by the near-freezing deep waters. So pervasive is this tale that many local fishermen refer to the area as the graveyard, and a Tahoe boat mafia execution was featured in the climax of The Godfather Part Two. 
Yeah, I, uh, you can actually drive up and see some of the houses that The Godfather Part Two was filmed at. Oh, fun. Yeah, in Tom yeah. City. Yeah. Um, so uh, l- let me take that even a step further. Not only does the legend claim that all these bodies are down at the bottom of Tahoe, and uh, we're being preserved by the cold water. So not, not only are they not floating, they're not degrading either. Oh, and sure. uh, eventually uh, Jacques Cousteau came with a small submarine and had gone down under the waters of Lake Tahoe and upon surfacing claimed he would never attempt to do so again. And people questioned, what did he see down there? Hell of a legend, right? Fuck. Yeah, so turns out, because I had to investigate this shit. I was like, you know, there's there's some stories here. What really happened was Jacques Cousteau's son came and tried to go into Lake Tahoe with a submersible. But because Lake Tahoe exists on the border of two states, it's actually the crook, the elbow of California, if people aren't familiar. Um... And California and Nevada's uh, border cuts straight through the lake. It's technically interstate water. The Coast Guard's involved. There's all these different interstate organizations that are involved. And he never could get his submarine in the water because there was too much red tape. And he said, I'm never coming back to Tahoe. This is too much of a bitch. (laughs) And that turned into his father, the famous Jacques Cousteau, being scared to ever come back to Tahoe. No, the fact was, it's just too much bureaucracy. Oh. Yeah. Bummer. Story was so much better before I got into the facts, right? I'm going to edit that part out. Oh, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. In addition to all of the mobster bodies, there is also the tale of Tessie. Locals maintain that a large, unidentified, serpent-like creature lives in the deepest parts of the lake and usually appears around June. (gasps) That's now! Oh my god, that's also peak tourist time! Weird. What What a serendipitous thing that those two line up so perfectly. Yeah, it's interesting they don't have a Yeti that comes out at peak skiing season. (laughs) Yeti loves snowboard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The monster made headlines in the San Francisco Chronicle in 1984 when the paper reported that two women had seen the Lake Tahoe Leviathan a month earlier. Tahoe City residents Patsy McKay and Diane Strickers were hiking above the West Shore when they spotted the creature swimming in the lake. McKay said that the beast was about 17 feet long, and she watched it closely and saw it surface three times like a little submarine. Do you think it might have just been Jacques Cousteau's son's submarine? (laughs) He never got it in the water. It's why he's never coming back. Not on paper. (laughs) Not on paper. But, like, look, it's a big lake. There's a lot of woods. You could get a submersible out there. Okay, here we go. Her companion said the creature had a humped back and seemed to surface in a whale-like, lethargic manner. She was also sure that it wasn't a diver, a log, or a large ripple. (laughs) Had she been drinking a large bottle of ripple? (laughs) I was about to say, a large ripple being definitely what she was drinking at the time. Uh, Two years earlier, a pair of off-duty Reno policemen had also taken a turn with Tessie. Officers Chris Beebe and Jerry Jones <laughs> were water skiing in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> we got to protect the waterways. <laughs> this is an episode of Reno 911. 
like this. Um, I literally watched the sheriffs pull over boats on Lake Tahoe. It's a lot of fun to see a sheriff boat come up with the light on it and everything. Oh, I was picturing just like a cruiser on the edge of the lake and a guy be like, come over here. Come over here. No, we we got a cop at the Knicks dock, too. Don't keep moving on. Sick Tessie on you. So these two cops were having a grand old time water skiing and an unusually large creature swam by them. Um, In addition to this, there is another story that asserts that there's an underground river system that links the lake with Pyramid Lake in Nevada. Apparently, the bodies of people who have drowned in Tahoe have surfaced in Pyramid Lake, 50 miles to the north. Again, this is things I have heard. Mm Mm-hmm. This phenomenon, however, might be due to the corpses floating over the North Tahoe spillway onto the Truckee River, shout out to Dave Olson, and then downstream to Pyramid Lake. Right. Uh, So uh, there's a lot of different inlets of water to Lake Tahoe, but the only water that exits the lake is through Truckee River in Tahoe City, which cuts all the way through Truckee, down through Reno, Nevada, and to Pyramid Lake. There's no way a body's ever made it over that. I I was going to say, it feels like a a body that shows up in Pyramid Lake might have just been thrown into Pyramid Lake. That is almost definitely what happened. <laughs> I don't know how... I mean, my, my thought is any mobster that was killed in the 20s and 50s is still just floating at the bottom of the lake. Probably. Waiting for Jacques Cousteau's grandson to come. That dude doesn't care about bureaucracy. He's a rebel. He's he he is ta- Tessie, but um, young Keezy, <laughs> Keezy Cousteau. <laughs> but yeah, there's listen it, to my hot track on SoundCloud. I mean, there's little dams. There's I mean, there's absolutely no possible way for a body to make it through the river. And if it did, you'd see it cruising down the water through Reno. <laughs> it would be that it's that episode of The Simpsons where Homer roasts the suckling pig. Oh, right. It goes through a dam, actually. Yeah, it gets shot out. Anyway, I think that would happen, too. But yeah, the, the tunnels I heard of as well as a mm. child. Um, well, the, that could connect us with a story in, in the next segment. Uh, this story closes with. The closest anyone ever came to figuring out Tahoe's mysteries was in the mid-1970s, when famed oceanographer Jacques Cousteau brought a mini-submarine to the lake. And did s- <laughs> no, he didn't! And did several dives in search of the creature. Uh, again. <laughs> it was his son, and he, it had nothing to do with, with uh, searching for creatures at all. I, I think it was to do uh, water clarity testing of some sort. Ah, uh, That's a less engaging story but if you don't have clear water how are you going to see your monsters it, exactly now i think we can take this up with uh weirdus.com for their their riveting tale about two cops water skiing <laughs> did those cops happen to spot bat boy <laughs> i heard that bat boy lives well he lives to ski well <laughs> That's 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 like the the Northern California tourism hook. Like Bad Boy's alive and he shreds. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, fuck. All yeah. right. Well, that's that is that is Tessie, the Lake Tahoe monster. Um, yeah. 
God, I want to. I, I want to get a picture of my buddy in that costume just to show you. It's if, so cartoony. If you can, if yeah. you can find one, let me know. I will throw it up on the. Oh, uh, I, on I'm the sure I can. His dad actually wrote a children's book about Tessie in 1985. Still available on Amazon by Bob McCormick, Tahoe Tessie. This is also the guy who had the museum. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, you know, you, you got to make your money somehow. I watched a movie with him once, and he kept telling me to shut the hell up. <laughs> you know, you talk too much. I'm trying to watch the movie. I was like, do you know what I'm about? Shut up. I'm trying to think about Tessie. <laughs> well, that 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 was Ghost. Yeah. Kind um, of. Yeah, see, that was the, the the underground tunnels is what I was going to bring up when we got to Pyramid Lake. That's the only thing I've ever heard about Pyramid Lake. Well, okay, so then I think we should just do a direct segue into the second part. And I I choose a ghost or spook story now. I think I'm going to have to go with Pyramid Lake just to see how it connects with Tahoe Tessie, which sounds a lot like a stripper. Is it going to connect to Tahoe Tessie? Well, they said that they said that the tunnels in Tahoe connected to Pyramid Lake. Well, you know, if Tessie pops up in this story, if, if if there is actually a Tahoe Basin connected universe, I am so on board. <laughs> the Lake Tahoe is extended cinematic universe. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up this story, and in the meantime, you go get some red string and some pins, and uh, we'll spin this out. Wow, I really love the language of this one. This is gonna be fun. It's this one. Uh, this is a good one. I think I need to start bookmarking individual websites because Mysterious Universe is pretty good. Yeah, and just like the right Brent Swanser. I'm Brent Swanser. Uh, All right. Well, um, sh- shall we dive in? Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to hear D- about dive into Pyramid Lake. Yeah. All right, coming to us from the Mysterious Universe website, uh, written by Brent Swanser. We have the mysteries of Nevada's cursed Pyramid Lake. Ooh. Mysterious haunted places are not always strictly the domain of decrepit old buildings, desolate landscapes, or dark, scary forests. Anyone who's been in a 7-Eleven parking lot at 2 in the morning knows that that is true. Or an old Auburn (laughs) with plastic bags. (laughs) Sometimes locations with sinister legends and weird phenomena are some of the most stunningly beautiful places in the world. Like your 7-Eleven like parking se- lot. <laughs> you ever seen a plastic bag in a 7-Eleven parking lot? It's a beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, it's a real American beauty, if you will. <laughs> Some- somehow managing to balance natural beauty with strange, ominous tales. This is certainly the case with the gorgeous Pyramid Lake of Nevada. Hmm. Now, are you familiar with Pyramid Lake? Have you seen photos? I know that it's gorgeous and in Nevada. Well, you would be half right. It is in Nevada. Well, really, Nevada, you're entirely wrong. You said the wrong state because that place doesn't fucking exist. Just ask anybody else from Nevada. Oh, you've never been to Nevada? <laughs> yeah, it's pronounced cooch. Um, yeah. Uh, but I don't know if I would call Pyramid Lake beautiful. Uh, it has these crags and weird spikes that come out of it. And I'm not sure if there's some kind of salt creation or what it might be, but it looks like any Frank Franzetta like sci-fi book cover from the 50s or 60s that you've okay. seen. It's it's very 
otherworldly. So it seems like it should be cursed. Okay, yeah, I'm picturing like uh, any kind of next generation Star Trek landscape. Yes. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to read one of those back. Alien planet. <laughs> yeah, there's something there that can kill you. Sure. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. It is a breathtaking location, which holds an undercurrent of menace thrumming quietly under the surface and holds mysteries that have surrounded it since the very first people settled the area. I like something that's haunted from the get-go. Yeah, I I really like this guy's uh, use of haunted language. Yeah, Brent Swamps is really killing it. Well, maybe Brent Spiner was on Next Generation. (laughs) Sprawled out like a mirage in the desert and brushing up against tranquil mountains, Pyramid Lake lies nestled within the Truckee River Basin, located in southeastern... Oh, my God. Do we need all this info? We're we moving just, on. We can just... I'm going to insert some Price is Right music here. It is an ancient lake, and it is a remnant of Lake Lahontan, a vast body of water which once covered most of northwest Nevada during the last ice age. Hmm. The name Pyramid Lake derives from the numerous soaring limestone cone-shaped formations... Oh called tufa formations so now we know that line the shores and jut up out of the water here with the largest of these being anaho island looming out over the water like the ruin of some inscrutable ancient civilization (laughs) the lake is well known for its crystal clear waters pristine beauty and picturesque vistas as well as for being a sanctuary for vast amounts of birds, geese, pelicans. Holy shit. Where's the goats? Do they have egrets? They've got grebes. Ooh. And pelicans. I had grebes once. I had to take some antibiotics for it. Yeah, yeah it left a real residue on your... Oh, well, you know, I'm not going any further <laughs> with that because it's going to, to really sound wrong. Uh, but th- maybe it's involved with duck sand, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Um, and, and numerous endangered species of fish. Jeez. Now it's getting into iP- Apple iPad devices, so I'm going to keep <laughs> scrolling. <laughs> Another thing that many might not realize is that this spectacularly beautiful locale is steeped in dark history and tells of strange cris- creatures, mysterious disappearances, and sinister curses. I feel like this is getting recursive. Yeah, it's a little bit recursive. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The surrounding area of Pyramid Lake has long been inhabited by the members of the native. Oh, no. I'm from this area and I'm not going to know how to pronounce this. Is it Paiute? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, can you tell me more about the lake I grew up around? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the Paiute, which is comprised of three related. Oh, I'm scrolling again. So much scrolling. <clears throat> Ooh. The Paiute of Pyramid Lake were known as the Kui Ui Tikuta, meaning Kui Ui Eaters. <laughs> uh, and the Kui Ui, that must mean human flesh, right? Is that where this is going? I'm When you say Kui Ui, I'm picturing some sort of a mollusk, <laughs> which sounds delicious. Uh, it's a type of fish endemic to the lake. The tribe eked out a living Oh, this is an unfortunate sentence. The tribe eked out a living out in this harsh desert mm. environment by catching fish such as the kui ui, 
the Twee Chub. <laughs> Cooey, ooey, ooey, I've got chub in my tummy. <laughs> I feel like eating you. And the, and the Lahontan Cutthroat Trout. Fuck. Yeah, now, we're, now we're, they, they take no shit. That trout means business. Oh, no. As well as gathering the sparse food resources from the desert, such as grasshoppers, rodents, deer, rabbit, and various berries, roots, seeds, and nuts. So far, I don't think... There is no ghost here. There's nothing mysterious. There's nothing spooky about eating a deer. Oh, no. I think that we're... Here we go. I feel badly for the pui-ui eaters, I think. Mm. The tribe leave... Leaved? The tribe should have leaved at the lake. The tribe lived in peaceful seclusion for centuries before the lake was discovered and mapped by American explorer John C. Fremont in 1844. And then everything worked out and was fine forever? Yeah, until the movie Poltergeist came out and explained what happened to the Pui Ui to begin with. (laughs) It was indeed... I told you I'm making this a movie podcast. It was indeed Fremont who gave the lake the title of Pyramid Lake. From here, European settlement of the area began in earnest, with settlers trickling, trekking over to trickle in from the east, looking for a new life in these badlands. If you call it that. The badlands? It's not. Like, don't call it the good place. On CBS this fall. (laughs) (laughs) This new settlement had disastrous consequence for the Paiute. As miners chopped down pinyon trees, a major food source for the natives, I guess you can't live on kui-ui alone. And well, you cattle ra- eat some pine trees, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to make some pine uh, uh, hummus, you need pine trees. Mm. So uh, miners chopped down the pinyon trees, and cattle ranchers caused the destruction of the already sparse vegetation with the herds, as well as competing with the Paiute for these grazing lands. While the Paiute people at first tried to live in harmony with the white settlers and traded with them regularly, most of the tribe did not appreciate the disruption to their way of life and resented the presence of the settlers on their ancestral lands. And then they've got a picture of what looks like a, a very stern Paiute tribesman. Stern or upset by the encroaching white man? <laughs> Well, let's say he's probably simmering, because it then reads, the simmering animosity would eventually boil over into violence. Fair. Understandable. As Paiute raiding parties fanned out to indiscriminately murder settlers on their land, I feel like this writer's got an agenda. Their land? Yeah. I'm. Pre- let's go back a little bit here. Um, uh, where, where, where was this? Um... Cattle ranchers, the Paiute people, the Paiute people at first tried to live in harmony with the white settlers and traded with them. Most of the tribe did not appreciate the disruption of the settlers on their ancestral lands. Interesting. Their ancestral lands. So just in the course of a decade or two, it's it's been fully transferred over to the settlers. All right. Weird well, they didn't know what they were signing. It's weird that they're angry about it. I also like the fact that their ancestral lands is is uh, spelt T H E R E. There. So the ancestral lands are over there. They're over there. Look at them. But they're not yours. Mm. They're over there. So yeah, as in go runs. over there away from <laughs> us. So these uh, raids graduated to full skirmishes and culminated in the Paiute War, 
Holy crap, I didn't know about this. Also known as the Pyramid Lake War. Cool. Dude, there was a war. God. So if the Paiute did not harness the power of Tessie through those tunnels from Lake Tahoe, we understand why they don't own the lake anymore. Such a missed opportunity. We didn't want to bother Cthulhu. <laughs> he sleeps. Uh, so yeah, the Pyramid Lake War, which occurred in 1860 around Pyramid Lake, if that makes sense, Fair. and consisted of two violent engagements. Can you have a two-fight war? Uh, it feels really generous, but look, I'll, there wasn't a lot going on elsewhere. I'll give it to them. This is the 1800s. I feel like we were in war with everybody. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's all it I mean takes. West Coast. <laughs> like, you know... It's it's the only things of interest are like the Paiute War. And then also I saw a jackrabbit with a human head. Why aren't we reading that story? <laughs> that sounds like a much better ghost. Story. That's what everyone's grandpa tells you. <laughs> All right. So uh, Pyramid Lake consisting of two violent engagements that killed around 80 settlers and an unknown number of Paiute. I'm going to go with most of them. Many. <laughs> but. <laughs> The violence would continue sporadically until both sides agreed to a ceasefire in August of last year, in August of 1860. Sure. <laughs> the look you gave me. I was like, wait, wait, it continued to 2018? <laughs> These bloody engagements fit in well with some of the dark legends of the Paiute, and many of them blame the arrival of the white settlers and the bloody war on a dark curse long said to hang over the lake. Okay, so pre-existing conditions. Well, he sleeps. One old legend among the Paiute was that the lake was the home of a race of mermaids. I'm sorry, what? Mermaids. Lake maids? Merlake? Ladies of the lake. Ooh. And that one of these beings once in... And that one of these beings once fell in love with a village man. The story goes... That when the man brought the mermaid to the village to announce his intentions to marry her, she said, <laughs> Yeah, time? but then he took his <laughs> dick out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> After which she said, Put me back in the lake <laughs> and take this hook out of my mouth. <laughs> Weird kink. Um,. The story goes that when he brought uh, the marriage, they were met with disdain, and the man was told to take the strange creature back to the water. <laughs> it is said that the mermaid was so infuriated with the way she had been treated and her banishment from the tribe that she cast a curse on the lake, promising that all who lived there would forever experience hardship and misfortune. It is this curse, many said, that had brought the settlers and ignited the war. Now... A, I have I I'm gonna question the efficacy of a mer person cursing a lake where she lives. Weird. You'd think um, you'd want to curse the village. Yeah, but I think the curse is really just having crabs that sing reggae. <laughs> where it is hotter under the water. <laughs> yeah, this is the weird prequel to the Little Mermaid. <laughs> That's the Little Mermaid with more death. <laughs> Two skirmishes, 80 settlers indiscriminately murdered can by you, Ariel. Can you? <laughs> she distracted him with the seashells. She, I all had weird trident wounds. Can you imagine that conversation? Just the like, 
Look, I don't have anything against them. I just don't want my son marrying one. <laughs> okay, so the Paiute are racist against mer people. Fair. Okay, so it sounds like it's a bad place, bad place to be, just in general. You're mer cursed. Well, let's get into the curse. The mermaid curse is certainly not the only ominous let. Well, I guess we're not getting into the curse. We're moving on. The mermaid curse is certainly not the only ominous legend associated with Pyramid Lake. Since even before settlers arrived, there were long tales of ghostly demonic spirits inhabiting the clear waters, such as serpents and a type of water imp that were known as water babies. Oh. Now, I, I would assume that when you have settlers and mer people, you're going to have water babies. But what are water babies before the settlers? Tadpoles? Well, let's see what they'll tell us. These specters are said to look like babies with visages twisted by rage and hate. And they are claimed to lurk under the surface waiting for victims to wander too close, which they will then drag down to their deaths like little hobbits. <laughs> the story of how these bizarre creatures came to be varies. One version propagated mostly by early European settlers. So the truth. <laughs> i'm pretty sure this was supposed to be the stories that existed before the settlers this guy's uh circling back you know what they used to do one version propagated mostly by early european settlers you know what they used to do was that the paiute had the disturbing habit oh no one version propagated mostly by early european settlers was that the Paiute had the disturbing habit of disposing of unwanted or deformed newborns by throwing them in the lake to drown. <laughs> this was allegedly done to weed out the weak and keep the tribe strong. Oh my God, they 300 did their <laughs> tribe. And it was these abandoned, murdered babies that prowl the water. The word habit gets thrown around a lot. <laughs> Biting your nails is a habit. Drowning your babies is more of an addiction. <laughs> I just can't stop. Well, you know, uh, the, the circles back to a story we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I uh, once did a, a little fun, like 10 minute documentary of this uh, small mining town in Northern California called Washington uh, that had this huge um, Chinese population of about 1600 people briefly. And now it's got a population of something like 120 people. It's this crazy, far-out place. I, I had visited it and was so disturbed by the weird uh, concrete heads that line the street and the, the <laughs> families that all look like they're you know, incestuously bonded and stare at you like you're a outsider when you drive through their town that I had to do some research on the place. How is Innsmouth these days? <laughs> exactly. Well... There's a lot of babies being drowned there, apparently. <laughs> there, there's, a, uh, there's an old haunted hotel, as well as a legend of a ghostly apparition who's been seen on three different occasions drowning her child in the river. So there's a theme here yeah. in Northern California. That is, you should really stick to one or two children because you get too many and you got to, you know, you, there, there's a limited amount of resources, what it really comes down to. One to cook, one to keep. Yeah, white settlers come in, take all the pine trees. So you got no pine nuts. So you can only feed the strong. 
drown the weak. So they're throwing they're throwing their babies into lake. Well, it's a ghoulish story to be sure, but it is likely based on exaggeration aimed at making the natives look like savages. You throw one baby into a lake and suddenly it's a habit. An addiction, really. The Paiute themselves say that the water babies are the result of a great serpent who one day emerged to feed on the baby of a mother who was washing clothes. Oh. So it wasn't even the Paiute killing the babies. It Tessie, was... no! <laughs> Woke up that day. See, this is when they should have asked Tessie to help out against the white settlers. The demonic serpent then took the form of the baby and began devouring the mother as well. What the fuck? And only stopping when it made a deal with the village shaman that it would be allowed to prowl the lake in exchange for letting the mother live. Okay, I'm picturing like a hideous snake baby with half of a mother sticking out of its mouth and then like a tribal elder being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's make a deal. I'm, I'm listening. Go, go, go on. This writer is just explaining a Hieronymus Bosch painting. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, see, okay. No matter which version of the story one subscribes to, does one have to subscribe to one of these these versions? Why not both? Yeah. Or indeed, whether one believes any of it at all. No matter which version of the story one subscribes to, or indeed whether one believes any of it at all, there is certainly an eerie phenomenon often reported from the lake that seems to lend credence to the ghostly presence of water babies in Pyramid Lake. Lake, lake, lake. I'll just I'll, I'll cut out some words from that sentence and make it work. It's fine. No matter which version of the story one subscribes to, to this day, there is certainly an, a lake. It's a bad sentence. It's not good. You shouldn't say Pyramid Lake multiple times. Yeah. Hmm. To this day, both visitors and locals alike often report hearing the disembodied voices of babies crying or the laughter of children wafting from out across the still water, which are often heard even by people who have never heard of the old tales of water babies. People do visit this lake. <laughs> you know, you're allowed out there. <laughs> It's a lake. Sound travels across water very effectively. Uh, look, the lake's full of babies. Get out. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Eerie indeed, but even more so considering that hearing these voices is said to be a bad omen. With a local saying being, if you hear them, you will have bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> if you see them, you are dead. <laughs> The phenomenon is said to be particularly prominent in the spring when such reports experience a surge. You know what else experiences a surge in the spring? People visiting Tessie. lakes. Oh. No, Tessie is more of a June phenomenon from oh, what sure. I heard. This is a little bit later in the year. Just uh, they stagger it. Ooh. Oddly, spring is also a season. I, I wish that was just the whole sentence. <laughs> you know what else is a season? Fall. Pepper. Ooh. <laughs> Oddly, spring is also a season in which the lake experiences the most accidents involving fishermen. Again, you know what happens in spring? People go to the lake. Who flock here to fish for the very large Lahontan cutthroat trout. Dude, they are crossing this trout. 
those, those trout will fucking cut you. <laughs> In slice, a... slice, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> In addition to freak boating accidents, missing equipment, and technical trouble, there are also more sinister stories of drownings and disappearances. Locals claim that every spring, at least one fisherman vanishes without a trace out on Pyramid Lake. It's taken by the fishwife? Probably. You know, the only way we'd ever find out is if uh, Jacques Cousteau were to take a submersible. I have decided to marry a fishwoman. She ate a baby once. (laughs) Being French, I am on board with this. We like to eat weird things. Smokes. Filterless cigarettes. <laughs> and has a stroke. <laughs> uh, that's, that's spooky. If you hear them, you'll have bad luck. Yeah. If it rains, you'll get wet. <laughs> <laughs> Some attribute this to the legendary water baby said to stalk the depths while others blame it on a combination of bad weather conditions, a sharp increase in water depth close to the shore, which drops abruptly down to 350 feet, and this, which I think is the answer to almost everything we've talked about today, and the effects of copious amounts of alcohol. Got drunk, tried to fuck a fish woman. (laughs) (laughs) There was a hook inside of her. The lake ate Steve. Speaking of which, I now own Steve's boat. Let's go out on the lake. Hey, baby, you got a worm in you? You want one? <laughs> Good. <laughs> now they all tell you they're the size of Tessie, but it turns out. Swimmers and scuba divers have also mysteriously drowned in the lake. Do swimmers and scuba divers mysteriously drown or do they just drown? It's par for the course. Swimmers and scuba divers have also mysteriously drowned in the lake, curiously mostly in spring. God, spring is a dangerous time. It's not a, it's not a good time to be in the lake. Hey, with some of the bodies never being found, maybe they went through the tunnels back to Tahoe. It's a weird commute. Oh, well, here we go back to Tahoe. Perhaps even stranger than the disappearances are the occasional cases of the corpses of drowning victims in Pyramid Lake, turning up floating around in nearby Lake Tahoe, and vice versa. How could this be? Well, if this guy read any horror stories of Tahoe, one theory is that the bodies floated there. Pyramid Lake is fed by the Truckee River, which is mostly the outflow from Lake Tahoe, so the idea is that corpses from Tahoe somehow floated over the spillway, and blah, 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 we've talked about all this. Covered it. Yeah, another theory is Lake Tahoe and Pyramid Lake connected via mysterious subterranean tunnels and river systems. Yeah, we covered that. Mm. Uh, Pyramid Lake remains an enthralling place of mystery and beauty, marrying pristine natural splendor with dark mysteries we may never fully understand. It certainly changes the way one might look at the lake sitting on your iPad screen. You shouldn't sit on your iPad screen. (laughs) (laughs) whether you're looking at a lake or not (laughs) for those wanting to visit this magnificent and spooky place for themselves remember since the lake sits on the pyramid lake indian reservation permits are required to fish boat or camp here 
It might also be important to remember to be careful when you are near the water here. Pay attention to the sound of babies crying and maybe go in a season other than spring just in case. Fair enough. Mm. I didn't realize that one was that long. That one was crazy long. That was. But I feel like that was a really good one. It was a lot of fun. That was. <laughs> I I mean, I, I learned things. Yeah. I I was unaware that you could marry a fish woman from Pyramid Lake. I, I was at the wrong lake. I was so lonely in Tahoe. And if I had just gone, you know, 80 miles over to Pyramid Lake. Did you hear that Mike took a sea bride? She's kind of cutthroat. She keeps devouring their young. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm on board with that. Well, yeah. What permit do you need to marry a fish wife? Is that like, look, I'm here to do some light fishing. We're going to we're going to crack open a few uh, tall boys out on the lake. Uh well, see, you, you, you got to make a deal with the village shaman. I'd like to take a bride. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is disgusting. Be off with you. Back to the water. <laughs> oh, uh, well, that was that was a good one. Um, I forgot we, we were supposed to be rating these. Ones. Oh, how do we rate them? What's the scale? So it's a it's a shifting scale for each one. Uh, well, so f- for, for this one, I'm going to give it. I'm giving this four out of five fucked up babies thrown into a lake. Okay. I I, I am going to give this um, three bloop, bloop, bloops <laughs> out of five <laughs> for anybody that happens to be transported from Lake Tahoe to Pyramid Lake or vice versa through a subterranean tunnel. Now, was that blub, blub, blub? blub. Was that three fishermen penises and mermaid mouths? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. That's that's spooky. You know, it this is the first one that I think had any kind of mythology built around it or yeah. or true history. The uh, old Auburn one. Um, I'm giving a rating to the old Auburn. He gets one shitty plastic bag. Fuck that story. That did not give us any indication of what the town is, the history. I mean, there was a little history to it, but it didn't really feed into the ghost story. It was just a commercial for a shitty tattoo shop. Yeah, I'm going to give it one very shitty ad for a wine bar out of five. And you know what? There is a really cool tattoo shop out on Dry Creek Road and Highway 49. Just drive 15 minutes and go somewhere cool. Fuck Old Town. We're sponsored by the Crimson Rose Tattoo Parlor. Oh, Shut up. no. <laughs> <laughs> They're already designing my coffin. Oh, God. All right. Well, those were definitely ghosts. No. there One was a ghost. Hmm? One was a crying monster All baby. All of them were ghosts. Tahoe, ta- my my buddy Casey inside of a suit, also a ghost. Us, uh, ghost to be, <laughs> um, meat suit. <laughs> to wrap up, I should ask you about your ghostly experiences. So yeah, earlier you had mentioned the White House as being not only a haunted place you knew of, but one that you actually lived in. Yeah, and and in fact, this is probably the only legendary ghost story I know from the region. Except uh, for the plastic bag ghost. I always for, I forget. <laughs> yeah, so um, as I had mentioned earlier, I grew up in the Auburn area and moved up to uh, Tahoe in my teens. And while I had been in Tahoe, I would gotten into restaurant work and moved back to Auburn briefly. 
And I uh, was looking for a job in, in the restaurant industry, and I actually interviewed for a waiter position at this restaurant called Latitudes, uh, which was in this large uh, white building called the White House at the time. It goes by another name now uh, for obvious reasons. Trump Tower. Trump Tower. <laughs> yeah, they, called it the, they call it the Trump House now. <laughs> So while interviewing, uh, conversationally, when, when just asking about uh, the restaurant and its history and the location, because it was it's an old building. It's right across from the Auburn Courthouse, which is kind of a, uh, a historic landmark of Northern California. Uh, they mentioned that it was haunted. Oh. And, uh, and at this point of my life, I, I was... Um, kind of sliding into my atheist side but I, I was going through some alien abduction period uh, that we can get into later but I, I was having some <laughs> issues with aliens fucking with me and implants it's a whole nother thing and so I was very intrigued and I was like oh please tell me more and uh, they mentioned that there was a the, a the ghost of a woman that was seen regularly she was often seen sitting in the corner at a chair and uh, unfortunately, I didn't ha have the presence of mind to ask if it was a ghost chair or if she was sitting in one of their chairs. Because if it was one of their chairs, could they have moved it? Could they have made it more prominent? Did the ghost she would go show with up? it? Yeah, you know, put it in the window so everybody could see your prominent ghost, and that's a selling point. I like but, the idea yeah. that the chair is not maintained, so it's just a ghost kind of sitting in midair. Like, <laughs> God, look at the glutes on her. <laughs> Oh, I, well, I, did you want to address that? I just showed, I just showed Michael a picture of, of, uh, the ghost of Auburn. I'll, I'll, I would throw it up on Instagram, but they would have issues with this picture. I'll throw it up on Twitter. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that the, you know, my, in the, the interviewer was, um, r really did not get in. Did, she, she buried the lead. Because if I had known it was going to be a nude ghost, I would have been much, much more interested in this position. Well, she's sitting in the corner. She doesn't have a chair. Also, doesn't have a bra. So, headlights on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I finish up my interview, and I, I go home, and I'm kind of laughing about it. And I'm uh, telling my mom the story. And she's like, you, you know where that restaurant is, right? And I was like, well, no. And she's like, that, that's in the White House. I'm like, yeah, that's what they told me. She's like, yeah, that's where we used to live when you <laughs> were a kid. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, remember when you used to always think there was the old, the old fisherman ghost at the, in the attic of the building? Oh. That was that building. And at that moment, I, everything, I had this, this epiphany, and it came crushing down on me. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That, that building used to scare me so badly. And I'm like, tell me more. And she's like... Yeah, so when we uh, used to live there, we were downstairs, and you were scared to go up the stairs to the upstairs of the building, and that brought back uh, horrifying memories to me, uh -huh. of me and friends daring each other to go up the stairs. I know. And you'd Ooh. go three stairs or four stairs. Well, I made it to the fifth stair. You go up the stairs. I never made it to the top of those stairs. That, f that feeling, I know exactly what you mean. Like yeah, if and, you're in the stairwell, you're safe. And this building is like from the 1800s. So it has that just 
it, it has the smell of old and death all over it. <laughs> so as a child, you know that bad you, things had to have happened here. You said Trump Tower. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and so uh, I had asked her, you know, what, what was your memories? And she said that there was the ghost of a dead baby that ah. they would hear crying at night and no one had children in the building. However, there was a family that lived upstairs whose child had died and they thought it was that child's ghost. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Right? And and so that's not nearly as exciting as headlights on nude ghost in the restaurant. So I've got three. Oh. We've got at least three different ghosts in this building reported. If only baby ghost could find boob ghost. <laughs> and then old fisherman ghost is watching in the corner. Creepy ghost. I was just about to say fisherman ghost gets to watch. <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure he, he had the vibe and look of someone that would just hang out in a lighthouse, so he's used to being isolated and alone. And th and that's what my mom told me. when I Because I, I remember the old fisherman ghost and talking to her about that and her assuring me that what I saw looking out the window down at me was just a coat rack. But I knew better. I had seen Scooby-Doo. I know what ghosts look like. They look like fucking old fishermen from from light towers. It's a it's a it's a it's just a coat rack with a beard and covered in blood. Yeah, or it might have just been a pea coat on a coat rack with a hat on top. Or it might have seen what I did last summer. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I was scared. And then the fact that it all circled back to her ghost story was, was a nice bow uh, uh, on the present of not getting a job and continuing to be broke. <laughs> oh, Buffer, so you didn't, you didn't end up working at Latitude? No, they didn't hire my ass. I was a dumb kid who was talking about ghosts with them. He's, he says he saw the ghost's boobs. <laughs> Fire him. He wasn't even making eye contact. <laughs> just, just picture you fervently staring into the corner. I can see them. They look like plastic bags <laughs> filled with sand. <laughs> so just touch them. <laughs> oh, they're cold. Uh, next week on Mike and Avalon write ghost erotica. <laughs> Poorly. Touch him. <laughs> that's, that's the title of the the title of the book is just touch him. <laughs> they feel like they're full of sand. <laughs> Spooky sand. Oh. 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 Well, yeah, so no, I didn't get the job and I don't know if the ghost is there, but I think there's a greater likelihood in this ghost than in the tattoo ghost. That I fully believe that entirely. Well, and like ghost sand in a spooky boob, so too runs the sands of time in our podcasting allotment time slot. Time slot? <laughs> uh, no, okay, we got to wrap up. Uh, well, okay, that was that's that's a that's a great spooky ghost story, and it all wraps around. I'm gonna give that one out of two exposed ghost boobs. God damn it! I was already working on that. <laughs> Okay, okay. I, I'm going can, to give that three out of four smoking pipes of an old fisherman. It's one, one fisherman, five pipes. <laughs> <laughs>
Ooh, sounds like he's going through a tunnel between Lake Tahoe and Pyramid Lake. I'm getting blown by a mermaid. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that's 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 a that's a spooky one. Uh, yeah, and sometime you're gonna have to bring me back so I can tell you about my alien abduction story. We'll have an alien themed episode. <laughs> what are aliens but the ghosts of space? Well, you know, um, I've got an artifact right here. <laughs> Mike just gestured at a glowing alien implant in his face. Yeah. <laughs> I've got x-rays. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to this in a future episode. Um, but in the meantime, thank you so much for being here. Uh, where can listeners find you? Uh, well, you can uh, find me at uh, several of my live comedy shows, VHS Vengeance and uh, Forgotten Fantasies, which you are so uh, kind to co-host with I me. do. I do. That is a that is a, a Garcia Leonetti joint. Yeah, and you can uh, find those live shows down at um, Kelly's Olympian on the first and third Sundays of every month in downtown Portland, Oregon. And you can uh, check us out at ffthashow.com. And uh, uh, you can search Forgotten Fantasies on YouTube to see some of our weird video edits as well. They are deeply bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Uh, thank you so much. And um, you can find me at that Avalon on Instagram and at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be back again next week with more tales of ghost boobs, probably. And fishtails. We didn't mention a single American president. Oh, yeah, we did. The worst one. Yeah, oh. several times. We alluded. Yeah. In the past, it's been like Millard Fillmore and Taft, and I think Nixon came up a bunch. So, yeah, we'll just keep it going. One president per podcast. Okay. I, I, I can get on board. Who's going to be our alien president? Trump is a reptilian.